There are people who have things that have been placed inside them by God. They're seeds. They're seeds of destiny, seeds of, of a vision. They're seeds of um, an adventure. They can be seeds of books or seeds of even TV or movies. But there's something about that seed. The seed has to grow so that it can be birthed. The problem is, is a lot of people don't know how to take something that's just a seed to help it to grow, help it to mature in order for it to come to fruition. You know, if you're pregnant in the natural, sometimes you need a doctor and sometimes you need a midwife. And what the midwife will do is during the time of labor, she will prepare the way for the baby to come. Well, that's what we're going to talk about today on Touch by Prayer. I have Christy Johnson from Everyday Revivalist. And her and her husband, Nate, they're midwives. They're prophetic midwives. And they are able to take what God has placed inside somebody and they're able to help them push it out. So thank you so much, Christy. Thank you so much for coming on Touch by Prayer. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so honored to be here with you. Well, this is something that God's been kind of talking to me, and he's been saying mm. that the 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 prophets basically are the new midwives. <laughs> and I don't know wow. if that's an old, I don't know if that's what prophets were back then, but that's definitely what I believe the prophetic move is for now. Yeah, I really love that. I really feel like, um, you know, with Nate and I, we our hearts are really just as you said to push the dreams out of people you know and to make them realize their worth in him and once you realize that it's like those dreams come forth yes and you know but some people don't you know you get this vision you get this idea mm. from god and it's like how do how do i do this how do i do this because there are, you know, there's that prophetic voice that's telling, I see that you're supposed to do this. And God is saying, you know, and these people hear the same prophecies over and over. Yeah. And they come back and they're like, I got that same word 17 billion times. <laughs> <laughs> that's so true. You know, absolutely true. Yep. So you, so they, so how do we take that word, that promise that God has given to somebody and how do we take it from them having to go back and hear it 17 billion times and how do we make that start to germinate and start to grow you know i think god often gives you a dream um before you have the ability to produce it if that makes sense it's like he gives you a picture of what's to come um and it could be a year or five years out from that point and the, i think the difficult struggle is is knowing said A to B, like, how do I get there? How do I produce that dream? And I believe it's in nurturing the promise, nurturing that promise by through worship. You know, I think you mentioned before that worship is warfare and through worship and just continually bringing that before the Lord, um, somehow he turns that seed into a reality. It begins to grow and it's almost like he plants that seed in the soil of your heart. And as that soil, as you continually water that soil, you know, I'm just picturing as I'm talking like a seed planted in the ground. And it's like the problem is, is many of us look at that seed and they're like, I want it. I want to see the sprout. I want to see it sprouting immediately. But he's just saying, you know what, it needs to germinate. It needs to be nourished. It needs to be watered. It needs sunlight on it. And that comes through you know, looking through his word and finding those promises in his word and declaring them constantly and watering those promises. You know, it's funny, I was reading um, about the farmer sowing 
morning and you know he sowed it in hard soil and rocky soil and then he sowed it in good soil and it was in that good soil which I believe is nourished through his word just constantly nourishing it with his word nourishing it with worship and I think the frustrating thing is was in the waiting as you were saying you know like um, when I was pregnant with my two daughters the frustrating thing for me um, a lot of people you know a lot of women I've met they love being pregnant for me it was very frustrating I didn't like it very much it was uncomfortable it was um you know it was just I couldn't I love to sleep on my belly (laughs) and I couldn't sleep on my belly I had this big belly and it was just frustrating I was very frustrated but it was in that place that had to be nurtured the baby had to be nurtured and um yeah I just believe that it's in that nurturing place of just declaring his word constantly over it and not getting discouraged even though it's very easy to get discouraged in that place you know the enemy comes in and he's like it's not happening yet. And he tells you all these lies, but it's through his word that we're constantly like just pushing back those lies and his, his seed begins to germinate in us. That's good. You know, when we started to talk about the seed, it was interesting when I started to see, I saw the seed and the one thing I know, and I do not know anything about growing, but what I do, <laughs> what I do know about, um, about a seed is that the seed actually has to die and open up. Yes. That there has yeah. to be a death in order for the life to, to spring forth. And what I and then you were talking about like you're, you know, being pregnant. You know, there there has to be a laying down. That's yeah. what I think it is. It's like when when God has put something in us, we have to lay down our agenda so that Absolutely. he can start to fulfill and he can start to grow the seed. So there Mm -hmm. has to be almost like a death to self because when we're pregnant, we stop thinking about us and we start thinking just about the baby. What, What do we have to eat? I need to get sleep because the baby needs to rest. I need to go to the doctor to make sure the baby's healthy. I take these prenatal vitamins and now I can't go to the bathroom, but the baby's getting healthy. (laughs) You know, it's like, it's like death to self in both scenarios. Absolutely. You know, it's funny, as you're talking, um, I'm just reminded of the story of Hannah um, in 1 Samuel 1. And I've actually been studying her story a little bit lately, which is really interesting that we're talking about this very topic, because um, the Holy Spirit led me, I don't know if you mind me sharing this, but Holy Spirit led me to um, look like read into her story and look up the different name definitions of everything about her. And, you know, here she was, she was a woman in the Old Testament. And back in those days to have a child was a woman's worth. You know, if you didn't have a child, you had no worth basically. And so here she is and her husband, um, Elkanah, was married to another woman as well um, and her name was Penina. And Penina had many children and here's Hannah who's unable to have any. And yet the Lord looked on her and loved her. It says the Lord favoured her um, and even Elkanah favoured her. And it's interesting that it says before she even had the promise of her child, Elkanah would give her a double portion. And that really stood out to me because it was like before the promise was even fulfilled, God saying, before your your baby is even born, before your dream is even born, I'm giving you a double portion of my favor over your life. And what's interesting is that her her rival, it actually the, the scripture actually says her rival was Penina, which was Elkanah's other wife with many children. And Penina constantly Um, frustrated her constantly basically threw in her face that she had these babies all these children and look Hannah you have none 
And the name Penina is what really stood out to me. Her name in the Hebrew definition actually means pearl. And I was like, when I first looked it up, I'm like, why would her name mean a good thing? You know, she doesn't sound like a good thing. She sounds like something that was frustrating. But if you look up how a pearl is formed, the pearl is formed through an irritant. An irritant, and then the the oyster starts to cover that irritant and it covers it over and over and over again. And it covers it with this substance. And to me, that was like the father saying, as you cover that irritant that's in your life, that is in direct opposition of your promise, that's where the promise is formed through my word, covering that irritant. And eventually the pearl is formed, something that's beautiful and precious, you know, and I love that Hannah actually went before the Lord. You know, she took her frustration before the Lord and she cried out to him. And it was in that place of crying out to him that her answer came. Her answer was fulfilled and she found peace. That's cool. That's very, yeah. very cool. And the the nice thing about did if, if please correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Hannah go to to uh, pray like day and night, night and day, and cried yeah. and cried and cried. So there was a persistence there yes. too. Like she was persistent. You know, there it, it talks in the New Testament about the woman who goes to the judge. And she just keeps hammering him and hammering him <laughs> and asking him that. and asking him and asking him until finally he's like, all right, all right. If it's going to make you be quiet, I'll do it. And I feel sometimes, <laughs> sometimes that we need to be that voice that says, Lord, I know that you want to birth something inside of me. So here I am. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. We have to be persistent. We can't just sit back and let things just go we have yeah. to go for it we have to start being we it, it's almost like um i'm hearing the word inertia inertia is like you have to start moving you you know yes. you just can't sit still you can't yeah. be stagnant that you know if you're stagnant you're you're going to abort the dream that's so amazing. I think many of us um, in that process, when that irritant is there and we're seeing the opposition of a dream being fulfilled and we're like, where is it? You know, this person over here, their dream's getting fulfilled. Why isn't mine? And I think many of us go through the place where our dreams are miscarried or aborted in that process. Right there in that in front of us and our dreams are miscarried and we lose hope and we lose faith and that's where they're miscarried. I you know, agree. and I feel like God's just saying, keep at it just as you were saying don't give up dig your heels in the ground and stand firm in my promise because i am faithful to fulfill what i've promised yes and and he he's a good father he's he not is. gonna give you something that you can't handle yeah because you were create you know look everybody goes back because we're and we're going to talk about the esther thing because you wrote this beautiful blog about esther and esther you're such a woman of esther like you love the the, the whole thing about Esther the fact that she was chosen that she was a hidden hand of God that she got great mm -hmm. favor that she was called for such a time as this well there that was because she before the foundations of time she was called for that purpose yeah and the only reason that she could have lost that 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 anointing that the the chance to be crowned and become queen is if she would have said no and I think that sometimes we go into this place where we're like, well, I, I just don't understand and I just don't understand. But did you really say yes? Mm. Are you really willing to do what it has to do? Are you willing to take whatever it takes to make, the, to make it happen? 
What are you mm. willing to just lay down and to passionately pursue to make that dream a reality? And I'm not talking about works. I'm not talking about works because I really think that sometimes God works so great in us if we just are saying yes, as long yeah. as we're just still moving because what we can't do, he does. Absolutely. And so if we think that God is going to give us a dream that we can do by ourselves, <laughs> yeah. then apparently you have the wrong dream. Yeah, exactly. Because everything that God has given to different people, that they, they had a opportunity to do so much of it themselves. But it was really, it depended on the hand of God to bring it to fruition. Everything, mm -hmm. even, even for David to become king. Yeah, he was absolutely. he was called to be king, but how could he be a king if he didn't know how to war? He wasn't going to school, and so God taught him how to fight. He taught him how to to be a good warrior. So mm -hmm. so he taught him how to do that because David didn't know how to do that. And then he taught then he gave him favor. But then and then he gave him the victory. See, David couldn't have had the victory if he thought he was all that in a bag of chips. <laughs> he was depending on God to give him the victory. In, every, yeah. in, in all the big victories, even after Saul was killed and he went back and everybody was taken and he didn't know what to do when it says that David encouraged himself before he sought the Lord. Be mm. Because he wanted to say, Lord, I know that this is what you want me to do, but I only want to move if you say that I'm going to be victorious. Yes. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah. go, go, ahead, go ahead. What were you going to say? No, well, you know, just um, in that process, it's just as you were saying, like the dreams that he gives us, if they're not big enough, they're not his. You know, to, to me, even my like, you know, I look at my own life and I look at my weaknesses and I think so many times we disqualify ourselves from the dreams that he puts in our hearts. You know, like Esther could have very easily have dis disqualified herself and I'm pretty sure she was only 14 or 15 when she was actually crowned queen. And to me that's like she could have said, who am I? I'm far too young for this, you know. But God's like, no, I have anointed you just as you said. I've qualified you and I've chosen you for this very purpose. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, we look at any any of the um, the big things that happened in the Bible. Like mm. Moses couldn't part the Red Sea. Moses, no. Moses couldn't take people out of, you know, out of captivity. He couldn't take the Israelites away from out of Egypt. He couldn't do that. But that dream was placed inside of him. Mm. He, so he had the dream. He had the vision. But he had to have the hand of God. And I, Absolutely. And I think that that's the biggest thing right now is that, you know, there are so many people are, they are so pregnant. I, in <laughs> fact, if we actually started to look with our spiritual eyes, you would see people carrying twins and also quadruplets. Yeah. Because it is a birthing season. And it's, I don't. Yeah. What were you gonna say? Sorry. No, that's okay. I don't know if I um if you heard, I actually had a dream recently and I shared it on Facebook. Um, and I just really felt I wanted to share that again. 
um, because I feel like someone out there needs to hear it. And I had a dream just last week and um, I was in a room and I was watching this woman and she was bent over in grief and, you know, like I couldn't, I wanted to go up and give her a hug, but I couldn't. Um, I was sort of behind this screen just watching her and I was watching her grief, you know, just wailing and she was literally like almost in the fetal position, just in absolute agony. And I was thinking in the dream, what's wrong with her? I don't suddenly. I was able to see into her womb and I could see that she had miscarried and miscarried multiple times. And, you know, my heart just went out to her. I was like, wow, I just want to go over and give you a hug. And all of a sudden, as I was thinking this, I felt the presence of Jesus standing beside me. And he spoke to me and he said, I want you to declare over her double declare over her double and at first I didn't do anything and then he said it again but with much more authority in his voice this time he said declare over her double and I suddenly yelled out in the dream double just yelled it really loud and I yelled it so loud it woke me up and um, I went back into the dream again as I fell back asleep and this time I saw the same woman standing with twins and it just reminded me as you were talking about the twins and the quadruplets, I saw her standing with twins and the twins were running around her and they were teenagers and time had passed and they were, she was just had this joy on her face. They were her twins. She had birthed them. And um, I just, yeah, I really feel like there are both the physical um, miscarriages and as well as the spiritual ones where they have just been through this phase of no matter what they do, it's almost as if they keep miscarrying the dream. They keep miscarrying and it keeps coming up against this opposition. And the Holy Spirit really spoke to me last week and said there has been a an assignment against the womb, both the spiritual womb and the physical womb. And in this season, I want you to declare over them double, that they are actually going to come into a season of double, double for their trouble, but also double over their womb and life over their wombs, their spiritual wombs as well. And I just see that God is nurturing those wombs right now, you know, um, bringing them into a place of fulfillment. I I definitely agree. And I'm just going to ask you this, Christy, because as you were talking, the Lord said, share this dream with her. This, Mm. This dream was actually given by my daughter, who's 16. So you have to take into consideration she's 16 when I read it. Yeah. (laughs) But she said, I had a dream. I had a baby. And I think it was mine, but I'm not sure. But it was like a really, really good baby. Like like it listened to me and I didn't want to put it like in a cage or anything. (laughs) (laughs) But at the same time, it was growing really fast. Like it was six, the age six by the end of my dream. And she said, and then we like moved somewhere and my new room was kind of shaped like a small church. Like it was really white and I had, and it had high pointed ceilings and there was a big window that was mosaic, but like, I don't think I had a kid in that part, but it was super light, like light everywhere. I mean, it was a church. I don't know how much more godly can that get? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, but, but with the reason that I'm sharing this is that, see, my daughter who's 16, she's Mm. already starting to dream about the births and she's seeing that the baby that she's carrying that as soon as it's born it's going by but within moments it's going to quickly age that we are in a a a season of rapid acceleration that this Mm -hmm. is going to be as people birth things it's not going to be like like in the natural where it's going to take time to nurture it and to help it to get bigger and mature it's going to be like you're going to give birth and then within like an hour it's going to start to grow and it's going to start to evolve and it's going to start to become it's almost going to become um 
like like a foundation. Like yes. it's it's not going to be this flimsy kind of thing. Like yeah. these things are like people who are writing books right now that have birth that that are going to be birthing books. As soon as those books are released, it's going to be as soon as they hit, it's either going to be publishers are going to be calling them or it's going to be people are going to be buying them. That's mm. how quick it's going to be. And if I see it like a snowball effect, just as yes. you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. And I also see like people who um who are birthing ministries. It's going to be like you have like one or two and then three and then five and then 10 and 20, 30, 50, 100 thousands. I mean, it just is that quick because in this season mm. of acceleration, you know, God has put his breath upon everything that he's birthing. Yes. So it is going to grow quick. Look at Adam. You know, he blew into the dirt and then Adam became man. He, it, he yeah. didn't become a baby. <laughs> he said that he became a man. Wow. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, when God blows on something, <clears throat> there is a rapid acceleration. And I feel like that there was, um, I think it was Doug Addison and it also might have been Nate who was talking about in March that, that March is like a game changer. Yes, I heard that as well. I actually, um, I keep seeing the word and I've seen it for a long time now, but just in the last um, month, I've seen it just constantly is the word awakening. Mm. And, you know, we sort of birthed our ministry out of that word because we just felt like God was awakening his sons and daughters. You know, that so many of us have almost been asleep in the spiritual, but God's saying, awake, awake, O sleeper. Um, and, you know, there's a scripture that says, then may your awakening breath blow upon my life. And I feel breath right now, the Holy Spirit, even as we're speaking for those listening, that there is an awakening breath that is blowing upon their spirits right now, bringing something alive and awaken them. Um, you know, just when a baby or is conceived, it's like something is awoken in the womb and that womb starts to just, you know, work like crazy to protect that baby and watch over that baby as it's being formed. And right now I see that that awakening breath of the Holy Spirit is breathing over um, the people that are listening right now. He's list breathing over his daughters and awakening in them. It's almost as though their eyes are just going to come awake and they're going to say, wow, I didn't realize that was inside of me. I didn't realize that was wanting to come out of me. And the Holy Spirit's awakening that in them right now. I agree. I definitely agree. And I, I think that um, the the double for your trouble, <laughs> but, you know, I, I just think that there have been like you were talking about the births, the multiple births and stuff and the double for your I just really feel like that is also going to be happening, right? Especially as we end out March. I just think yes. that um, that you're going to start to see double for the things that have caused you the most trouble. So yeah. if it's been in finances, expect expect changes in your finances but double, double Absolutely. the blessings, double the blessings. And, you know, um, be, because he's so after his daughters right mm. now, be, and I think it's just because women are just so much, it's easier for women to, to just like quickly fall in love with Jesus. It's just, it's just cause he's a guy and we just, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Or he's our dad. And so it's really, Absolutely. really easy, but I'm just telling you, and God really started to, to talk to me about this. He says, the next is going to be the sons. Yes. He's going to awaken the sons and bring the sons back into that place of, um, of sonship. You know, and so he's going to be birthing, you know, men's conferences, but not, they have to be different. 
They have to mm. be different than the women because we're, we're just much more talkers and we just, um, we love to, you know, it, it was funny. We were at this, um, after the conference, we went back to the hotel room and there were a bunch of people that I met, like Lori Suter for ones. I know you know Lori. And yeah, she, she's amazing. Isn't she amazing? So we were all like in the hotel room and it was like we were all laying on the bed and we were all, and it was funny because there were like, three people in the bed, two people on the floor, three people in the other bed, two people in a chair. And it was like, everybody was touching each other in some way, <laughs> you know? And so as I'm watching this, I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm looking back and I'm like, this is my, this must be what it's like in a harem. This must be yeah. what it was like back then in the days of Esther, that wow. the women loved each other. That they, mm. because they were the, they were each other, they, they were their family, they were family. Yeah. And I believe that that's what God is trying to do. I also feel he's, he's here to restore the family. So I think that there's a lot of mamas and dadas who are going to be birthed out of, uh, out of this because, and, and I really do believe it's like, it's going to be the daddies. It's going to be the papas who are going to just help to raise these sons because these sons are so lost. They're just... They, they, and they need a touch from the father. They need yep. a touch from the father. So let me just ask you, um, because you have such a heart for Esther, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and we are in such a time as this, but you recently wrote um, a beautiful blog about it. So can you kind of elaborate or pull out some highlights from it? I guess um, I started writing, I actually started writing um over a year ago and we sort of our ministry started from this blog that I started writing over a year ago um, and it was called She Knows Her Worth and I guess I like I write out of my own experience where I have come from a place where I never knew my worth you know I was in constant comparison of everybody else around me um, of my sisters and friends and I was just constantly comparing myself and even now I feel like I go back into that place and I'm like no I know who I am I don't need to compare myself um, but yeah, the Holy Spirit really started showing to me Esther and how she was a young woman who he took through this preparation process. And that was the part that really spoke to me more than anything else was the preparation preparation process, you know, just like a pregnancy is a preparation process for the birth, for the of a baby and you know she went through this preparation and she was taken from her home and you know whether she wanted to or not she was chosen and I believe that she probably struggled with emotions she was a young woman um, if we look at the Jewish women of the day their whole as I said before their whole purpose in life was to have children and have a family and have a home that they looked after and so to sort of have that taken away from you that really sort of stood out to me that it was possible that was not what she wanted for her life. But yet God said to her, no, I'm with you. I'm going to be with you in this process. And so it's almost as if she just said, have your will, Father, have your will for my life. And, you know, we don't read that she says that. But to me, I just picture her in that harem, as you said, um, going through that process and just saying, Father, have your will. I'm going to just, you know, give myself to you for this will. And um, because a lot of the women, if they weren't chosen to be the queen, they were then taken to quarters where they stayed for the rest of their lives. And whether or not they were given a husband or not is I'm not sure of, but they were taken to quarters where they were, um, you know, secluded for the rest of their lives. So that was a very big possibility for her own life. And yet she had such a grace and 
um, a poise about her that I believe was not just the favor of God, but also her adoration for the father. And as she relented to that and just gave herself to him, it's like she commanded a presence wherever she went. And that was the favor that drew the king to her. I believe it was the favor, not of just her looks. You know, the scripture says that it was her looks, but I believe it was also the favor that was upon her life that drew him to her. And if she hadn't have gone through that process, she wouldn't have had the courage to stand before was right you know because that was a she was putting her head on the block literally so I really really love the whole story of Esther because I believe it speaks to God's daughters even in this season right now because there's so many right now who are just in this process and they're saying I don't understand the process it doesn't make sense to me and the father's saying just give yourself to me show me that you love me you know and I'm going to show you that I love you and my favor is going to be seen on you and as you do that and as you just surrender I believe the word for this season right now is surrendering to him you know just surrendering your heart to him and saying father I don't understand I don't understand what's in front of me right now I don't understand the circumstances but I'm going to surrender and his will for your life will be far greater than you could ever imagine you know his purpose for your life will just it comes through that place of surrender yes I definitely agree with that and and that's kind of like what we were talking about before yeah we're talking death to self it's that surrendering it's if we surrender it's like I almost um you know you've heard of people who say you know take take that person that you've just been like say it's your son or it's your daughter or it's your husband or your wife you know and just bring them to the foot of Jesus and say okay I'm done and God's like yeah. good now I can start working <laughs> exactly you know? and I think it's the same thing I really believe it's the same thing because we don't know like we prophesy in part and we know in part so even mm-hmm. if somebody gives us a word and says um you know, Christy, I see you and Nate and I see you guys actually producing movies. But what does that look like? Because God's not going to give you the blueprint of, okay, so this is the kind of movie you're going to (laughs) do. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's going to be first, it's going to be like, okay, do you want to do movies? Okay, so we first we get the yes. And it's like, oh, okay, you want to do the movies? Okay, great. This is the type of movie you're going to do. Is that okay with you? Yes, that's okay with you. Okay. And it's like, I think that's the process. It's just like, you know, we, when, when a baby, when you conceive a baby, it takes time for everything mm. to develop. In each in each trimester, there is significant growth, significant. Yeah. But see, we sometimes want to rush the process. But just like in the natural, a baby has to come when the baby's ready, that the lungs are developed so that it can breathe, that, that it's able to, you know, do what it needs to do to be outside of the womb. Because mm-hmm. if we do it too soon, the, the baby won't survive. And I think yeah. that that sometimes is a, a bigger problem that, you know, we have to learn the seasons. And that's why I think having a midwife or somebody who prophetically knows seasons. See, a midwife knows and can tell by a person, like a woman who is in labor. She recognizes the sign of the labor. That's the first mm-hmm. thing. Then when she recognizes the sign, she starts to prepare the path for this baby to go. So she goes and she gets her sheet, she gets her water, whatever it is that she needs. Okay. And I think it's the same thing with the prophets. 
See, a prophet can see something because of the gifts that God has given them to to see that that is about to burst. That baby is about to come out. So mm. let's find a safe place to give this birth. <laughs> let's make <laughs> let's make sure that you know that that somebody's able to catch it, so that it com- <laughs> when it comes out, it doesn't go flying to the floor. Do you know what I mean? It's uh, like what yeah. God does in the natural, if we start to look at what he does in the natural and we start to take that into the supernatural, I think that we're going to have a lot healthier babies being born in this season. I totally agree with you. You know, um, I was just thinking of my own experience when I was birthing my daughter, Sophie, and I won't go into the gory details of it, <laughs> but I had been in labor for three days. Oof. I had three, yeah, like just, I don't even want to talk about that, but I was in labor for three days. And by the time that it came to give birth, I had a switch over of midwife and she came in in an hour before I started pushing. And I remember the moment she came in and it was like I had this relief come over me like, you're the one who's going to be here when the baby's born. Like, good, there's an end in sight, you know. And she was the one who literally coached me through. And just as you were talking about the prophetic, I feel like it is such a strategic and important time right now for us to listen to the prophetic voices because they are the ones that are going to coach us through the birth. And, you know, without her there, I wouldn't have known what to do. I was lost. I felt very, you know, just in a daze of confusion. And I, you know, I believe that when you're in that process of birthing, it is confusing. It's frustrating. There's pressure. There's actually even pain involved. Um, and, you know, it's then that we need to be listening more than ever, not to the situation, because I remember her saying to me, stop listening to the situation of the pain. You need to just bear down right now. And I feel like the Holy Spirit saying to us, bear down in that process when we're in pain, bear down on my word, bear down in worship, because that place of worship is a place of warfare. As you bear down on that worship, you're going to birth the birth, the miracle, birth the promise. And it's in that place that you need to be listening to. And you know what's funny? I remember um, remember this song, and this is may sound a bit strange, but I was like just, you know, like you kind of get to that point when you're in birth, you want to give up. When you're in that place, they call it a transition. And you're like, I want to give up right now. I'm done. I cannot do this anymore. Get me out of here. Somehow get me out of here. And everyone's like, no, only you can do this. You have to do it yourself. And somehow this song came on the radio. And this is the strange part. You know, the Katy Perry song, Raw? Yes, yes. Came on the radio. But after I talked with everyone after the birth, I was like, oh, thank goodness for that song coming on. They're like, there was no radio. (laughs) I'm like, no, that, that song came on and it was like God saying to me, no, you can do this. Raw out of this right now. But every, Nate's like, there was no radio. There was no radio in the room. And I'm like, I heard a song on the radio. They're like, no, there was no song. in the three of us there and there was no song. I was like, far out. That's amazing. But God's saying right now, raw, bear down and raw right now. You know, when you're in the most pain and you feel like giving up, that's when you need to be roaring the most and focusing on him the most. Oh, that's such a good word. And, you know, it, it's funny because I, uh, God sings over me. And so he sings over you. He loves to sing yeah. over his daughters. And I love that he uses secular music. Come on now. <laughs> Seriously. Well, first of all, that that song is an extremely, I don't care. I, Katy Perry could say whatever she wants to say, but that is a prophetic song. And oh, that absolutely. song is going to bring her back to the foot of Jesus. And she is going to become a worshiper the way that she was created. 
So yeah, just declaring that right now. Sorry. Well, you know, the scripture <laughs> says that God can use um, like all of his children will declare right. his voice. And we watched a movie the other day. And after watching, it, I was like, that is the most prophetic movie. And I looked it up and the writer of the movie was far from God or anything like that. Like it's almost as if creation cannot help but speak of who they are. They don't know it that they're actually speaking about him. But yeah, that was definitely the case with that song, Raw. Absolutely. And she had another one too. There's a couple of songs. I think all her songs actually are extremely prophetic. Like yeah. even a firework. Like, oh, absolutely. I mean, that they're, they're great songs and, and they're so prophetic because you can hear your father. And it's funny. He was... um. He was talking to me. He was singing. I was hearing Journey songs. I was just hearing Journey songs. And I all of a sudden, because I'm from the 80s, you know, I was, I was in high school in the 80s. I know I'm old. And um, <laughs> no, no. I was born in the 80s. Okay. But right. I loved all the 80s I songs. I was at Jesse Berkey's house and I saw the date of his birth. I'm like, oh my gosh, he was born when I was graduating from high school. That's so sad. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I love the Berkeys. Anyway, so uh, so he started to talk about like the um the, these songs. He started to play these songs in my head, and I was like, okay, I'm not quite sure. And it was, I was like, okay. So I was just thinking about the the different songs, and then all of a sudden, I found out that um the Seven Hundred Club did a little um thing about one of the members from Journey, who was a keyboardist who actually became a Christian, who actually just married Paula White. Like not too long ago. And Paul, wow. yeah, seriously. So, you know, God, and so I felt that God wanted me to start following Paula White. So yeah. that's what I did. So I started to, because if he would have shown me Paula White and said, will you start following her? I probably would have said, yeah, no, she's not my cup of tea. But <laughs> because he used the music, which is my love language. He wow. used the music. It, it put things into a different perspective for me. And I said, okay, I'm going to start following her. Now, I love her. I, please don't get me wrong. But it's just, mm. you know, but there, I think that God is using, he, it's, it's funny, you know, when you, when you talk to women, especially young women, you know, the, there's two people you're usually compared to. Oh my gosh, you're so much like Lisa Bevere. Oh my gosh, <laughs> you're so much like Lisa Bevere. Wow, I see Lisa Bevere all over you. Wow, you know. You know why? Because there aren't a lot of people like Lisa Bevere. Yeah. There just aren't. Lisa Bevere has made a, a statement because she's young. Well, mm -hmm. she's actually, I think she's closer to my age. But she's hip. She's relevant. Yeah. She's powerful. She's not complacent. She doesn't sit back and let the men speak. She speaks when she has to speak. She roars when she has to roar. She is a force to be reckoned with. And that is going to be the next generation of women that God is going to raise. He's raising more Lisa Bevere's because we need mm -hmm. more role models like her. Amen. You know, I see her, I was listening to a message of hers the other day at Bethel and I really saw her like a sword and a forerunner, like her words are like a sword. And it was like the, the father just spoke to me and said, my daughters, she is a forerunner of the new standard yes. of what is coming to my daughters. They, their words will be like a sword piercing through the darkness because, you know, everywhere we look right now, there is darkness across yep. the earth, but his light is shining through his daughters and his sons. But as you said, you know, there's something about his daughters right now in this season and he's just speaking over them and they will rise up 
like like you said with Lisa, I just see her like a forerunner for the new standard of women that is coming. And I just see them running after her, um, almost like running behind her and just saying, yes, we're picking up our sword. We're speaking and declaring the truth in this season where there are so many lies just being spread and just taking back the truth in um, power. Yes. And, you know, and there are other b- wonderful and beautiful Absolutely, speakers. Yes. However, however, they're not like Lisa. Mm. They're just not. Like, I love Joyce Meyer. Please don't get me wrong. Love her. In fact, I, I just recently had a dream before my conference. I dreamt that she called me and she was prophetically speaking over me. And everything that she said, I, I said, well, I just would like to give you confirmation on everything that you said. <laughs> you know, and I just told her, oh, my gosh, I just I just got ordained. Yes, I'm going to be doing a women's conference. Yes, I, I really want to go and get into media. And it was like all these different things. And it was like, okay, because there are going to be mantles that are going to be passed because there is a change of season that is happening because the mm-hmm. who God is after right now are the young women. Yes. And he has <clears throat> to get the young women by using women who are relevant to that age, that there mm-hmm. has to, you have to see something in that person that you go, I'm going to follow them. Mm. I'm going to listen to them because what they are saying is relevant. What they are saying is powerful. Something inside of them is tickling my belly. Something that they're, what, the way that they look or the way that they talk, whatever it is, like that is what God is looking for. He's looking for these young, younger people who are going to start to change the, the youth. Our youth, they're a hot, hot mess. They're a hot, mm. hot mess. I don't know what it's like in Australia, but here in the States, they're a hot, hot mess. They're cutting themselves. They're, 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 they don't know if they're, if they're straight, if they're gay, you know, they're bi. They have no idea who they are. And so this next season is going to be the women who are going to start speaking identity back yes. into them. Absolutely. Identity is like my biggest I think um, message would be identity because you know and it's as you said like the youth of our day are in a hot mess and Australia definitely follows America and that's why my heart I have such a huge heart for America um, just to speak identity over her as well Um, because you know like as you said no one knows what they are anymore I mean there's um, a thing that was just released here in Melbourne and they're doing um, what do you call it where no one has a gender and oh, so yeah. they're sending out where no, you know, I don't know, just all these different gender mixed information. Even um, at the schools here, my daughter was, we were going to send her to a school here and they said, oh, no, we teach about um, gender equality where it's not, um, we do, we let them be what they want to be, basically. And I was <laughs> like, wow, no, not sending her there because she is a female. That's what she is. Um, but even beyond that, I just feel like there's such an identity mess right now. No one knows who they are. They're um, putting their identity in their sexual identity. And that's not even who we are. We're sons and daughters of the king and our identity is in him. And I believe that the mess with the identity is because we don't know who we are. We, we're forgotten where we've come from. You know, like if you look at an orphan, they don't know where they've come from. They have this ability where they just are in constant survival mode. And that's what we're seeing right now. People in survival mode, not knowing who they are, fighting and bickering with each other, trying to say, this is who I am, but it's not because they've forgotten where they've come from. Absolutely. 
And, you know, the, the biggest thing, the biggest lie, mm. like everybody's saying it's about the identity, it's about the identity. But honestly, you know what, the, what it really is? It's about the seed. Yes. It's about the seed. He's going after the seed. He really mm. doesn't care about identity. He cares about the mm -mm. seed. But if he can confuse people into thinking that they're this or they're that, then and so if everybody becomes gay, <laughs> there's no seed. Yes, there's exactly. There's no seed. So how, yeah. how do you start to procreate? How do you start to start the next generation? See, this, this entire work about, I can't believe I'm even saying this, but this entire movement about taking away the sexual identity, this mm. is the Haman Haman is going after, he's basically going after the sons and daughters of God. He wants to annihilate them. He mm -hmm. want, that's what Haman is going after. That's, Haman was going after all the Jews. He wanted to destroy every single Jew, kill every single Jew. That was his agenda. That's what he mm -hmm. wanted to do. And he had the king's permission to go ahead and do this. But because of Esther, Esther was able to turn this around. She yes. was able to win favor with the king. And so it got turned around. And I think that's why we are in an Esther day. Because the women are going to get the favor. And they're going to start to speak destiny back into women. They're going yes. to start to say, this is who you are. This mm -hmm. is what you are called to do. That there is a plan and a purpose for you. That you are not irrelevant, but there is, that you are important. Like that, mm. and that's the other thing. There are so many children who are on drugs, who are cunning themselves, who think that they should just die. You know, this is all about the seed because we it, don't know what prophetic voices are going to arise out of that seed. Yep, I hundred like absolutely one hundred percent agree with you. You know, it's interesting how you mentioned Haman. The name Haman actually means noise and tumult, tumultuous Ooh. noise. There you go, and. It really spoke to me when I found that. I was like, wow, the season that we're in right now, there is so much noise, tumultuous noise, and we're responding. Like so many people are actually responding to that noise, getting mixed up in the noise on Facebook and social media, and the father is saying, no, I don't want you to be I want you to be the solution to that noise, just as Esther was. She was the solution to that noise. She came in with truth and power. And notice that before she went before the king, she prayed, she worshipped. She went into that secret place, that quiet place. And that is the key right now for God's daughters because they are carrying something. They are carrying um, that baby that has the solution to the problem. And the enemy is trying to take out, as you said, the seed, not just spiritual seed, but the physical seed. Absolutely. You know, these children... Um, through abortion, through um, a woman not knowing her worth, um, all these different avenues, the enemy is taking out the seed and the father is saying, no, get into my secret place because as you get into my secret place, you're going to cancel that noise. Wow, that's good. See, God always has a plan. All of a sudden, I started to think about Haman. I'm like, why am I thinking about Haman? All right, so we'll go with this. <laughs> that he, is... He's that is so good. And, you know, the, the other thing that, that is really extremely frustrating is the, is the problem right now with the church. The mm. church is so confused. Yeah. I mean, seriously now. It's like, you know, what happened to love one another? You know, mm. it's like we're fighting with each other because you voted for the wrong person or you're going to see this movie, The Shack, or whatever it is, you know, and it's like, are you kidding me? 
this this is causing division. This is causing separation. This is causing um, people to not communicate with each other. And it's like, what mm-hmm. the heck are you doing? What is- I think it just comes back to that responding to the noise again. Yes. You know, the enemy just coming in and he knows how to get us. You know, he knows how to divide us. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I believe the Holy Spirit is just constantly affirming to his daughters. Um, you know, and it's interesting because daughters um, or women have a, what would you call it, like a reputation to gossip. And I believe that he's saying right now, stop responding to that noise. Stop responding to gossip. If you have a different opinion to someone else on who they voted for and all of that, let it go because we are on the same team. And if we're not going to be united with each other, we're not going to take down the Haman. But we need to, you know, like even with Esther, again, going back to her, they had to unite together in prayer. She called a fast and a prayer and they all got together in unity and they said, look, we have to overtake this enemy. We have to take down Haman. And the only way we're going to do that is through unity. That's right. And she even had her servants who yeah. weren't, who were not Israelites. Yes, true. She, so she also, and that, I think that's another thing too, is that when you have favor, you are able to reach those who you, who don't even possibly, um, who might not have been raised believing what you believe, but because of your favor, you can mm. teach them and you can show them and they'll actually turn and start yeah. to follow you. It and draws them into the ability to have a relationship with him as well. Absolutely. And that's the other thing is that God is after relationships. Like you can't, mm-hmm. well, I, I know you can't believe, but I'm just <laughs> saying like to, to, to everybody who's listening, like he is seriously, he is dating his girls right now. He is wooing yes. them. He is just loving on them. I mean, songs and visions and just I mean, you know, just go, going into a store and just seeing something and then finding it that you that you really love it. And then all of a sudden the woman that the clerk says, oh, my goodness, guess what? It's 50 percent off. Plus, if you <laughs> use a coupon, it's 20 percent off. And it's like, oh, thank you, daddy, <laughs> you know, because he wants us to have these things. It, I mean, yeah. it really is funny because like for Valentine's Day, my husband bought me a ring. And I'm very particular about what jewelry I wear. But my daughter picked it out. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. But it, it just, I don't know, for some reason, it just didn't, it just didn't fit me. And I didn't want to keep it and just put it in my jewelry box. And I said to my husband, I said, you know what I'd really like? And he said, what? I said, I'd really like a diamond bracelet. And he said, Lisa, he goes, that's, you know, I, I, I couldn't get you a diamond bracelet. They're really expensive. I said, no, I know. I said, well, I'm, I'm just going to go see what they have and, and I'll go and look. Well, when I went back and I was, I really wanted, that's exactly what I wanted was just a tennis bracelet and it didn't have to be filled with, with diamonds, but it definitely had to have diamonds on it. And it was like, I, I started to, um, I started to look around and all of a sudden my eye was drawn over to where they had some discounted jewelry and I was able to get for just a little bit more, I was able to get the diamond uh, bracelet that I wanted. 
And I was like, thank you, Father. Thank you, Daddy. And so I think that what what God is really doing is he's just, he wants to just bless the socks off of his girls. He wants mm-hmm. to show that he's provider, that he's defender. I, the other thing, I, and I feel very led to say this, is that what you were talking about, Christy, about like not being the gossiper, because what we do is if we're always defending ourselves and we can't have our father defend us, See, if we're taking care of it, then then we can never see God as our defender and our deliverer. You know, he will he will take care of people who are talking smack about his girls because he doesn't yeah. like it. He does yeah. not like. And I and sometimes I don't know if, if, if this is just me, but Christy, man, when I hear somebody talk smack about somebody, I just feel inside. Ooh, you are going <laughs> to get it. <laughs> Well, yeah, because he is, he's our protector. He's our defender. Yes. And, you know, he wants to protect us and defend us because what he has placed inside of us is so important because it is such a, I just, I really feel to talk to the women that are listening right now for what's inside of them. And they felt as though that it's been in attack, you know, like from other women, even speaking against them and stuff like that. And he's just saying, you know what, surrender to me because as you do, I'm your defender and I'm the one that's going to protect and nurture that promise that's within, you know, within you. Because what they carry, what these women carry is so important for the earth right now. It is such a strategic, um, what they carry is so strategic and precious and needed for right now. I agree. I absolutely agree. And I, and I think that the women, they're, they're starting to get it. They're starting to see, they're starting to see their heavenly father as more than just the, the, the God who sits on the throne and says, you live, you die, you get good things, you get bad things, too bad Mm. for you, that kind of thing. I think that there's a, a shift and I feel, I feel like God is just about to, he's, he's changing the playing field. Yes. Um, Just, just like, I mean, I hate to go back to the elections, but just like what he did with our elections here in the United States, he switched it up, boy. Everybody was so convinced it was going one way. And it's just like with Esther. Like, just mm. like Haman thought, yep, everything's going, everything's fine. Yep, I'm going to see Malachi hang, you know, from that noose. Ha, ha, ha. And then all of a sudden, guess who hung from the noose? Yeah. You know, it's going to be the big switcheroo. What you, it was overnight. Like yeah. it was an overnight change. Yeah. Well, and that's kind of what our elections were here in the United States. Yeah. You I know? know. We were very involved. Yes. And there were a lot of people because it was really strategic. It was very, very strategic. And I feel like that he's also going to be doing this with television. I feel like he's going to be doing, he's already starting this with movies. You know, he's starting to, and this is what the Lord really talked to me about, Christy. He said to me, he said, he's done with religion. And Mm. I do mean just religion. I don't mean churches. I mean religion. So I just want to make that very clear. But he says, I'm done with religion because religion keeps my children from me. And he said, and so I'm raising up a new church who will do and act as I say. And Uh I thought to myself, wow, that's going to be a really cool church. That's all I thought. I thought, wow, that's going to be really cool. You're raising up a new church. Oh, that's going to be so much fun. Not realizing that I was going to be part of that church. (laughs) (laughs) Had no idea about that. At that point, I was like, oh, okay, cool. All right. That sounds like fun. But so what God is doing is he's taking back his name. And that's what I wanted to say. 
Because what religion has done is religion has put God into a place as being a bad father. Mm. And he is saying, I am a good, you know, that song, I'm a good, good father. That's who I am. And I feel like God is saying that in this season, you are going to see just how good I am. Mm. And And there is going to be such a revelation And I see weeping in the streets as they see the goodness of God come down. Mm, That's so beautiful. Isn't it interesting that religion divides against intimacy? Yes. And it's through intimacy with the Father. And I'm not saying sexual intimacy. I'm saying intimacy in relation and communion with him. But, you know, when we look at a marriage, it's through intimacy that a baby is conceived. Mm -hmm. And it's through intimacy with the Father, relational intimacy with him that the dreams in our hearts are conceived, carried, nurtured, and birthed. Absolutely. And and he's also coming into our dreams. We need to start paying attention to the dreams. Oh my gosh, he speaks to me in my dreams every night. Some of them I have to decode. They're crazy. (laughs) I feel like I've got like Daniel dreams sometimes. Mm -hmm. It's funny. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll definitely have really to. Is. I'll have to one day share one of my dreams with you. I shared it with my. Oh, I, I shared it. it with my girls. Oh my! It's it's quite the dream. <laughs> and those <laughs> and those who are listening are hysterically laughing right now. <laughs> trust me, trust me. I know, but um, but yeah, they're they're God is like speaking into dream. He's speaking through dreams to tell people their destiny, and the way that he does it is he he uses symbols. So you yeah. really should go and get yourself a good dream interpretation book, um, Divinity Code. We were mm-hmm. we were talking about Adam Thompson and Adrian Beale. The Divinity Code is such a great book. If you are having incredible crazy dreams, you need to get this book. Also, Gary Fishman has a great book. These are two people that, and well, three people actually, because it's Adrian and Adam, but um, and and Gary Fishman, they have such great books because this is a time where we go to Joel 2 and in those days God will pour mm. out his spirit and young men shall have visions and old men shall have dreams and sons and daughters will prophesy. Amen. This He's is the season. This is the season yeah. of of the prophetic move of God because if we're going to birth something it has to be placed in us in the spirit. Because yeah. these are not natural births, but these are these are prophetic births. These are prophetic destinies, and these are seeds of, uh, of that are are being distributed in the air. I almost see them just like little seeds are in the air, and it's like if you open up your mouth, you can go and like suck one up. <laughs> because I love that. Of, because people are spitting them out. They're yeah. spitting them out, and they're like, you know what? I don't want that seed. Oh, hey. I'll take it. <laughs> Give right? it to me. I'll, I'll take it. Yeah. Heck yeah. I'll, I'll have four kids if you want, you know, but, but there comes that hunger. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, there's also that verse about shaking, that the big shaking, the great shaking. Well, I think we're in a shaking too. Yeah. We're shaking. Are you going to be used? There's a shaking. Are you going to listen? Are you going to be obedient? You know, mm-hmm. that shaking is going to shake things up and it's going to be like, listen, you can either try to walk on water by putting your foot off of the boat, because if you don't put your foot out of the boat, you're not walking on the water. Yeah, that's right. You know, and good to get out of that place of unco- like comfortability, I think sometimes and just move beyond that and say, you know what, I'm trusting you. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And and like what you're doing, what you and Nate are doing, you guys have, man, you're like jet skiing out of the boat. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it is a constant place of uncomfortability for me. I'm a natural introvert. So even doing this podcast and things like that, I'm constantly putting my place in a place of uncomfortability, but I'm just going, Father, I just trust you. It's your words through me that need to be spoken. And it's, you know, putting myself out of the equation. And he just uses that. Like you said before, your simple yes. Yes. I'm just saying yes. And, yeah. um, and actually, Chrissy, I, I'm kind of feeling that, I don't know, I feel like the prophetic is kind of flowing out of you. And I just feel like there might be, I don't know, is there anything on your heart that you would like to share? Are you seeing anything? Because I, I'm kind of feeling this kind of pickup in my spirit. I actually felt I wanted to speak to the daughters specifically right now. Mm -hmm. And the Holy Spirit, as you were talking before, highlighted to me and I've just brought it up, Song of Songs. Mm. Um what chapter is it? Four verse seven. And if anyone's listening and they haven't got the Passion Translation, run out and get it. I believe this is such a prophetic thing right now for daughters to read through Song of Songs and the Passion Translation because it is a song. It is the Father's song over you. And I just wanted to read this specific part right here in verse chapter four, verse seven, where it says, every part of you, and this is the bridegroom king, our bridegroom king speaking directly to you. Every part of you is so beautiful, my darling. Perfect your beauty without flaw within. Now you are ready, bride of the mountains, to come with me as we climb the highest peaks together. Come with me through the archway of trust. We will look down from the crest of the glistening mounts and from the summit of our sublime sanctuary that's our secret place with him. Together we will wage war in the lion's den and the leopard's lair. As they watch reach into my heart with one flash of your eyes, I'm undone by your love, my beloved, my equal, my bride. And so I just wanted to declare that right now over God's daughters because I believe he's just speaking his love over them. Yes, yes. And that that's beautiful. That's really beautiful. And again, the singing. He's singing his yeah. song. He's singing, singing over them. And, I, and pay attention to the songs that are popping into your head. Because there is there's a reason that song is popping in. It's not just because you thought about it. No, no. God is singing it over over yes. you and he and there's a reason for it. Like think about the song. What does the song mean to you? What does the yeah. song say? What are the lyrics? Sometimes we have to go back to the lyrics. Then when we look at it and the Holy Spirit starts to show us the translation, we go, Oh my gosh, I never even thought of that. Never mm -hmm. even thought of that. You know, there are so many secular songs that really, like I was talking about the, the Katy Perry thing, are so prophetic, but they're, but they're also, they were written for our God. They were written for God. They've just yeah. been used in a wrong way. Mm -hmm. And it's, what's, what's so funny is that I believe he's going to take back his music too. Yes, I think that all yeah. the things that God has created, has ordained, that He has, um, that he, that He has called forth, that He's going to call back, that it's going to it's going to glorify Him. Amen. I love that. You yeah, know? He's just He's singing right now. He mm. is singing, and we need to be listening. Yes, he's singing, and it's in that place of listening, in the secret place with Him, that we wage war through worship and release the truth, release the promise in our lives and into the earth because he is for the earth. Yes. 
Yeah. I definitely agree with that. And, you know, this has just, this has just been so much fun. Christy, you're such a natural. My goodness gracious. Oh. Sydney, <laughs> seriously, you are. Like both you and Nate. Um, and, and I actually, I just want to, if it's okay, I would just like to give you guys just a word. And then um, what I, I, what I really see for you guys as you guys come over, because I know you're coming into the States and, and if you guys get a chance to go in and see them, I would. I know they're coming to the New York, New Jersey area. I know they're going to be in South Jersey down in Wildwood. And they're also going to be in New York City at Times Square House of Prayer, which is uh, done by uh, Tori Marcel. He's uh, my spiritual son. Love him, love him, love him, wow. love him. And it was funny because so I excited. yeah and it was funny because I was like Tori I really want you to to get in touch with I have these friends and I really want you to like get in touch with them and bring them because they're coming over from from um Australia and then I was kind of talking to Nate and he's like oh yeah we're gonna be at Times Square House of Prayer I was like wait that's that's I know that <laughs> I know that you know awesome. yeah. yeah so um but what I what I see for you guys is I see you guys are packed and you guys are prepared but what you guys are going to um, unpack when you come here is going to be life changing. I almost see your, I can actually see like these really old, old suitcases, like from the 1940s, 1950s, like vaudevillians used to use. And they're really, really old with like almost stickers on them to show where they've been. And so it's like the traveling, the traveling bags, like from like a traveling minstrel or, um, or people, like I said, on the vaudeville circuit. And as you guys open up these these old b baggages, that there's music. I saw the music just start to arise. And what what it what the Lord's saying is that the stuff that you guys carry, that this is an old, this is old. This is from, mm. from a while ago that you guys are packing, but as you unpack it, it is the music is still relevant. Wow. It's still so relevant and it's and it really is something because if you think about vaudeville, the those vaudevillian entertainers, there was no TV. There was mm. no movie. It was just it was just the stage and it was these people who would go from place to place and city to city that would entertain and bring joy. And I see that the Lord is saying that you guys are going to be bringing the joy, you're going to be bringing the music, <laughs> and you're going to be bringing the relevance as you go from state to state. And I just feel like the Lord is saying that that there is going to be I almost see like leaves of trees from each state that there is a significance with the states that you're going. Look at this go look up and see what each um, tree is. I, I don't know why, but I'm feeling like the trees have a significance in every state that you're going to, that it's not an accident that you're going to these particular states, but it's really a purposeful wow. mission. Yeah. And I also see that there are, um, this is the season of people for you. You guys are, are um, going to start picking up people. And I almost see that you guys are going to start picking up people. You guys are going to become people collectors. That you're going to just <laughs> be picking up people along the way. And it's almost like, you know, you're going to have this caravan. You're going to be like, hey, you want to come? All right, come on. And, it, <laughs> and people are going to start joining joining because you guys are just like your name it's everyday revivalists you know mm. and it's funny because i put every, everyday revivalist with a t and i missed the s and the s is so significant because there's many yeah there's many so i feel like as Gone. you guys like start picking up you're picking up the many that you're mm. going to start to train and impact so that there could be many so that they can go out and they can go and entertain and that they can go and share yes. and 
so it, it's going to be this, I hear the traveling road show. <laughs> that, I love that. I'm writing yeah, that down. <laughs> yeah. It, so it's going to be the traveling road show because it's going to be a traveling show of signs, wonders, and miracles that it's not, it's going to be a feast for the eyes and it's going to be a, um, it's going to be joy to the ears that there's right. going to be a quickening and a beating of, of heartbeats as people watch in awe and in, 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 in just amazement of the things that God is going to do that this is going to be something unlike they've seen before. And it's funny because I always, I keep referring to you guys as the down under, the down under. I know that's like from the song from Men at Work, but I feel that there's something very, very significant because I feel like God has brought you guys down, 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 down to the deepest parts of him where it says, come out into the deep parts. And the mm -hmm. Lord is saying that he's brought you into the deepest, deepest, deepest parts. And as you guys were pulled, pulled, pulled down, that you guys got such revelation and such, um, such wisdom from those places, from those deep, deep, deep waters. And I feel mm -hmm. that as you guys start to bring it, you're going to also be carrying something with you and I don't I don't know why but I keep seeing leaves with you I don't know why but like I just even saw a koala bear eating a leaf so there's <laughs> something about trees I, wow. I, I'm not quite sure but it's different leaves I kept seeing different leaves because I feel like the, the, the trees are so important and I think the trees are important for each of the regions wow so I don't know if that makes sense to you, but that's... I'm going to look that up. And you know what's interesting is there's one thing that I love about America is your trees. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> but like we don't, you know, here in Australia, we don't really get a lot of seasons like uh -huh. where we live and our trees pretty much stay the same. And so we lived in California for a little while and I would just always remember being enamored by the trees. I was like, oh my gosh, the trees are changing. It's so beautiful. Like... So yeah, there's something in that definitely. Um, I just I know I've got like in my camera roll pictures of trees, and everyone's like, "Why'd you take pictures of all the trees?" I, but I just love them. There's yeah. something so significant about the trees, and I I just I just felt it so strong that the trees mean something. That there's a symbol. So maybe like just look at the different states and see what the state tree is, because mm -hmm. every single state has a tree. I will be looking that up definitely. I love. The prophetic, um, we like to call them treasure hunts. Yes, so, yes. Yeah. I think I think that this is um, this is going to be really fun for you guys. And I, I see you guys doing a lot of trips across. I see you guys coming back and forth. And I, I do see you guys opening up a school here. That mm. I do. I do see that. Well, you know, you guys, with the technology, it's just going to be so much easier than it's been in, in times before. Yes. But, um, yeah. And and I will say that I do see you guys moving here for a while. Um, that's always been our heart. Yeah, yeah. we've I always see. been just drawn back there. We just love it there, and we love Australia. Yeah, something in our hearts for America. I don't. I can't explain it. Yeah. It's just like we've adopted you guys. Yeah. Well, I and I think that there's there's a mutual connection. I I don't mm -hmm. I don't ever take the connections that God places with me, like yeah. you know, for granted. Like I said, you know, with Adrian and Adam, like there, we, there's, we have a connection now, you know, mm -hmm. so there's, there's something, but I do, I do see you guys coming here and living here for a while. So I don't know if it's to set up schools or if this is something that's been on your heart, but I do see you guys doing some, um, some, uh, 
moving. <laughs> hey, Jesus, come on. <laughs> so, thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. So if um, so, thank you so much, Christy. Thank you for, for coming on Touch by Prayer and, and just sharing your heart and your words. This has been so awesome. Oh, absolutely honored, honestly. Thank you so much. It's just been, oh, I can't explain it. I've just loved it so much. Well, then you guys have to come. I'm, I know that Nate and I are trying to figure out a date because he's going to he's gonna come on and we're going to talk about some stuff. Maybe we'll have some. A, yes. We'll have a prophet's party. <laughs> so much fun. I, you know, I love the prophetic. So it's always, oh, uh, me too. It's always so fun. So if, um, if you guys want to get in touch with uh, Nate and Christy Johnston, you can actually go to their website, which is um, Everyday Revival List. Make sure you put the, the extra S on. Dot com <laughs> because there are many plural <laughs> yes. yes and then um now christy you're about to start writing a book aren't you um i've had on my heart to write yeah. a book and i've just started you know by faith just starting to write good. about that um yeah good because so, i see that book and uh okay. it's not just one many I receive that. Many. Amen. It is yeah. a bit scary though. It's daunting. It's one of those no. things where I'm just trusting him with it. No, no, and no. Yeah. no, no, no. Don't, if, can I just say this? Um, don't be afraid don't be because mm. this is what you're called to do. Amen. This is what you're it's called to do. And it's going to become very easy for you. It's going to be very effortless very for you. It's funny you say that right then. The clock turned 11-11. So I believe that for here in 11-11 a.m. There you go. There you go. Awakening. Yeah. Very cool. See? God is fun. He is fun. He is so much fun. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And, um, you know, please, anytime you want to come back, we would love to have you on. Thank you for having me. It's been an absolute honor and pleasure. Oh, my gosh. This has been my honor and my pleasure. And I just think you're so sweet and so beautiful and so much fun. Thank you, Lisa. (laughs) And so if you guys, like I said, if you want to get in touch with with Nate and Christy Johnson, you can go to everydayrevivalist.com. You can check out Christy's blogs. You can listen. They have, um, they do Facebook Live. Definitely you should follow Nate. He's always doing Facebook Live. His words are ridiculously impressive. I mean, they are so powerful and so impactful because even even like the prayers that he wrote, he was talking about something and it totally broke something off of me. I was having some mm-hmm. some voice issues and it completely broke. I was like, oh my gosh, that's for me. So wow, come on. Yeah, seriously. I, I, I texted him because it was, I was like, whoa. Yeah, it was really, <laughs> it was really good. I love the way God works. I He's know. Amazing. He is so fun. So thank you so much. Thank you guys for listening. I hope this has blessed you this has so blessed me thank you guys for tuning in remember if you want to find out um we're going to be putting up some video i think soon about um the, our women's conference which was daddy's girls if you went to daddy's girls and you would like to share a testimony please post it on touch by prayer i'd love to share it if you have pictures you can also share them so thank you guys for tuning in and remember to go out and touch someone good night <laughs>